Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchbowl News. It's Friday, March 4th, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, we've got some news. President Joe Biden is heading to the House Democrats retreat. Number two, BBB politics and the latest on the omnibus. And number three, we have a special guest, Christian Hall, joining us to talk about the canvas. All right, Jake, let's get into it. We are breaking some news this morning. Uh, We had been reporting uh, over the last couple of weeks, wondering whether or not President Joe Biden was going to make it up to Philadelphia for the House Democrats retreat. And we are reporting this morning that indeed he will be there. Well, uh, the bigger news is that I'm going to the Democratic retreat. (laughs) I'll be there, too. Uh, you are there. Uh, I think a bunch of Punchbowl newsers or Punchbowler newsers are going to the Democratic retreat in Philadelphia and the Republican retreat a couple weeks later in Jacksonville. Um, but Joe Biden is heading up on Friday, the last day of the Democratic retreat. I was thinking about this, Anna. For, uh, Philadelphia is not far from Wilmington, so I bet he'll just do the retreat and then head home to Wilmington for the weekend. A nice little Friday for President Joe Biden. Um, This is the last day, as I said before, last day of the three-day confab for House Democrats um, in Philadelphia. One interesting thing we picked up on yesterday is that uh, Wednesday is the Library of Congress's Gershwin Awards in D.C., honoring Lionel Richie. So a lot of members aren't going until Thursday because, you know, who wants to miss Mr. All Night Long? Uh, I am uh, having too much fun with this one this morning, Jay. If I got if I got an invite to see Lionel Richie, I would probably take that over talking about the inability to pass the Build Back Better Act. So uh, I think a lot of House Democrats are on the same page as me. Sympathetic with 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 Democrats. I'm sympathetic with with the Gershwin Award invite, which I am I have not scored this year, and you know I, I'm not taking personal offense to it. But if you have a ticket to the Gershwin Awards and you're honoring Fish or any member of the Grateful Dead, please hook me up. All right, with that, let's move on to the number two story of the morning. <laughs> I, there's nowhere else to go there. Uh, we're going to talk about BB. BBB politics and the omnibus. But let's start with the omnibus because uh, there has been some movement here in terms of trying to figure out what is going to happen with this March 11th government funding deadline looming. Yeah, movement or no movement, depending on how you look at it, depending on which side you hold it up to the light. Um, uh, the We are now one week from today, which is actually quite interesting. One week from today, the government runs out of money. That's when House Democrats are going to be at the retreat in Philadelphia. Um, now, last as of la- late last night, when I checked in with my sources or our sources and Brez, and you know, we all checked in with people, and these these talks are going really slowly. Um, they so a few dynamics. Number one, there are a ton of policy riders that are still outstanding in the BBB process. Um, policy riders are different policy provisions that need to be worked out every time there is a um, an omnibus bill. And um, what really slowed this down is that the White House um, went in and asked for you know twenty two and a half billion dollars in COVID relief money. And asked for ten billion dollars for Ukraine. Neither of those things are 
I'm not being critical. Those are obviously huge priorities for the administration, but to inject them a week or eight days before the government is about to run out of money when you're trying to assemble a year-long spending bill is very difficult. Now, I have to guess, as of right now, they're going to have to do a short-term bill. I mean, once they get a deal, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, told me a couple days ago that once they get a piece of legislation, once they get a deal, they need... Uh, four or five days to draft the bill. So let's say they get a deal today. I mean, you're still talking about mid-next week before getting the omnibus together. It'll take the Senate days to get this through. There's sure to be some dust up on some sort of policy that Republicans want to either enact or curb in the in the, um, in the the spending bill. Um, so I just see a, a week-long CR uh, stopgap bill as a likelihood. Well, especially given the fact that, as you mentioned, Democrats are are going to want to wrap this up before March 11th, right? I mean, the House Democrats are going to want to make sure that they can go off to their retreat uh, in, in good order. Uh, you know, I do think, though, it's worth just pausing for a minute. I mean, we're in March right now, right? And this is uh, this has been a long haul to try to figure out how to get some kind of a funding bill together. Um, you know, a lot of anxiety in the defense um, department and other places that want to have some certainty about this funding and not just kind of have to shuttle between week-long or months-long kind of CRs. So there's definitely going to be some pressure on all sides to try to get something wrapped up here in, in pretty short order. Yeah, I, th- yes, I agree with that. All right, let's move on to Build Back Better uh, after kind of a few weeks of reprieve of not saying those uh, three words, uh, you know, in kind of over and over again, kind of figuring it out. It appears that there is renewed movement tentative about among Democrats for some kind of a deal that can meet Senator Joe Manchin's approval. Uh, Manchin's been talking about what that potential framework could look like, um, including cutting prescription drug costs and tax reform. Um, You know, obviously the devil is always going to be in the details here, right? And the fact that there's a lot of progressives that want a lot of things that uh, Manchin has clearly said he's, you know, unwilling to support. Yeah, uh, if for all of our folks that are watching us on Punchbowl News TV, you could see my skeptical face. Um, the um, the last thing we need. <laughs> yeah, this is a. I am very skeptical, and and based on my conversations with the House, uh, sorry, the Senate Democratic leadership in the White House, they are extraordinarily skeptical of anything that um, Joe Manchin says. So. Listen, I don't doubt that they there's a desire to get something done. I've always maintained that despite Manchin's back and forth and whatever, there is a – he has priorities he would like to see enacted in the – in a reconciliation package. So he was going to always come around and do some sort of, you know um, – some sort of re- redux of the Build Back Better negotiations. There are just tons of hurdles here. Number one, as I said, the White House and Senate Democratic leadership are very skeptical. There's going to be a time crunch. There are a, there's just a lot of, they're just, I, there's a lot of bruised feelings here. That Let's just leave it at that. Well, I, that's what I was going to say, though. I mean, more than anything, I feel like these people and that have been in the negotiating room with Manchin feel like, 
you know, he wasn't necessarily an honest broker, whether that's true or not. We weren't in the rooms with it, but I, there's a lot of feelings that do they really want to go down this road and then, you know, get the rug pulled out from under them. Speaking of that, Anna, uh, we have we have a special guest today, Christian Hall, and uh, Christian is one of our one of our great reporters on Capitol Hill. He is a uh, in charge of the canvas, our our tracking poll of uh, senior aides on Capitol Hill. We are coming soon with the canvas K Street, which which we talk I, t- I talk a little bit about with Christian right here. Um, and we actually have some polling on how Manchin is viewed and whether he is negotiating in good faith, which is a good, a really good um, uh, segue for us to get to this conversation with Christian. Okay, Christian, let's talk about the canvas. First of all, let's let's give a brief overview of what the canvas is. So take it away. Tell us what the canvas is. Yeah. So the canvas is a poll that we run here on the Hill in coordination with Locust Street Group. We talk to uh, staffers on the Hill from chiefs of staffs, press secretaries, uh, comms directors. And we just get an idea of, you know, where they see, you know, things on the Hill, where they. Yeah. So it's it's. It's super unique for us because we are able to, it's we're a, we guarantee anonymity number uh, B. I don't want to say number two, cause I'm already saying a, so number two, number B letter B with a, um, uh, it is senior staffers. As you said, it's chiefs of staff, comms directors, legislative directors, be it people in the leadership, people in the rank and file. So it really gives us a, a big overview of everything that's going on in the Hill and what a lot of people who are listening to this podcast know who are senior staffers, they really have the most information. They have the most visibility on information. And a lot of the times they help, not a lot of the times, almost all the time, they help their bosses make decisions in a way that is probably, you know, it's a little unique to Capitol Hill. And uh, interestingly enough, we are expanding to uh, K Street, which we'll call the Canvas K Street. This is the Canvas Capitol Hill. The Canvas K Street is going to be a um, a survey of, uh, lobbyists and other influential people outside the Hill. Um, and we're going to have a really interesting data set of uh, public opinion in D.C. And we're very excited about it. So let's talk, Christian, about this month's edition, which we've been rolling out all week, starting in on Monday and uh, stretching until today in the PM edition. Um, we roll out the data kind of um, uh, day by day. So tell me, tell us and tell me what you find, what you found the most interesting of this week. And we'll talk about it a little bit. Yeah. Um, one of the things that I found really interesting was most staffers believe that Build Back Better um, is pretty much done. <laughs> it was yep. uh, it, Build Back Better that was passed in the House. It's pretty much dead in the Senate. Um, and a majority of staffers, 84% of Democrats, believe that it's done. Yeah, interestingly to me also, when, when we're talking about BBB, is what people think is salvageable, what could be repackaged into other pieces of legislation. Top three, 49% uh, believe expanding the current child tax credit um, is, is the, um, it could be repackaged solar and wind energy tax credits, 47%. Making current Affordable Care Act subsidies more permanent, 45%. Those also happen to line up at least roughly with where Joe Manchin is at the moment, um, which is, as we know, because we talked to Joe Manchin a lot, his 
his opinion seems to vacillate. I found this fascinating, Christian. Um, who do people blame for the failure of the BBB? Tell us what we uh, let's talk about what we found. Well, that was another interesting thing. 81% of senior Democratic staffers blame Joe Manchin for most of the failure of BBB. Uh, 49% blame Kirsten Cinema. 24% blame congressional Republicans. 23% blame Chuck Schumer. 20% blame the Biden administration. And only 4% blame Pelosi, Nancy Pelosi. Yeah, that is... Um, that is um interesting to me i mean what's interesting to me here to be honest with you christian is that mansion gets the lion's share of the blame uh, 81 percent um uh he's way he's shoulders way more blame than than kirsten cinema who also played a big role in the um in the bbb negotiations let's talk about one more thing on bbb you know joe mansion as you and i know christian and, and max and brez all know because we're up here every day uh, he always says he negotiates in good faith. He's always talking. It's become kind of a punchline that he always says that. Um, he, he, he seems to really believe it. But 56% of Democratic staffers say they do not believe he was negotiating in good faith. I found that fascinating, Christian. Oh, absolutely. A majority of staffers that they do not believe that Manchin and Cinema negotiated in good faith. Only 22% said that they thought that they did. Yeah, I forgot about cinema there. Cinema is lumped into that question. Let's talk about some other issues that we talked about that we had this week or this month, this last month in the canvas. Um, let's talk about two more issues. We're, let's talk about COVID first. Um, this is really interesting to me, the CDC question that we asked, does the member of Congress you work for have a positive or negative impression of the CDC's handling of the COVID-19 pandemic over the past year? What, what, do you, what, what did we find? Yeah, most members of Congress, um, according to their staffers, um, including 39% of Democrats, have a negative opinion of how the CDC um, is handling COVID-19. Yeah, it's actually 31% negative, uh, 39% positive, which is still stunning on Democrats. Um, and uh, to me, the net negative number is 63%. That's Republicans and Democrats. To me, for a federal agency like the CDC, which has been apolitical for such a long time, such a long time, for it to have that high of a negative number is just absolutely stunning. And I, I don't want to, I, I, we are not um, image consultants, Christian, maybe you are, but I'm not, <laughs> we are not image consultants here. Um, and I, I mean, 63%, I mean, that's just, it's a, Stunning, stunning, stunning number. Um, when you think about an agency that is charged with disease control, um, a lot of that has to do with just the general kind of, I mean, what do you think? I think a lot of it has to do with just the general um, confusion over um, COVID. I mean, what's your view? What do you, why do you think people see it so negative? I mean, I, I agree with you. I think the confusion isn't helpful, but it's a national public health agency and members of Congress are, don't trust this governmental agency. That number is just so shocking to me. They have a lot of work to do on Capitol Hill. I think, I mean, listen, we're, we're hopefully God willing. We all cross our fingers every day. We are, um, we believe, I mean, what we're, what we're made to believe is that we're on the back end of COVID-19 and we hope there's no more variants. But um, when this thing is over, if it's ever over, 
they're going to have a lot of work to do with members of Congress. Don't you think so? I mean, 63% are negative on, on CDC. Absolutely. I mean, you asked earlier, what do you think? I mean, I think also part of it is, is just a general fatigue over COVID. You know, people are tired. People are tired of mandates and people are tired of wearing a mask. And the CDC is the face of that. Let's talk about politics for a second. This is something that have, we have watched steadily tick up, steadily tick up for a very long time um, since we started this poll. We, we started it last year, right, Christian? We started this last year. You And just as a, as a matter of background, you are in charge of the canvas. Um, and Max, our, our, your colleague, our colleague, is in charge of the tally, our two kind of uh, big projects that we do at Punchbowl News. So we've watched this number carefully over the last, you know, eight months, I think, right? Six months. Uh, will Republicans take the House and the Senate? Tell us what we found. Well, we when we asked respondents, you know, who do you believe would be in control of the House following the midterm elections? 89% of them said that they believe that Republicans would be in control of the House. That number was just incredible to me. Let's let's pause on that for a second. Let's just pause uh, on that for. Well, no, actually, go. You, you said what you were about to say. I didn't mean to interrupt, but say what you were well, about to say. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that eighty percent of Democrats believe that Republicans would be in control of the House. That number is up four percent since the last time we polled that question. Yeah, four percent. Yes, 99% of GOP members also believe that Republicans would be in control of the House. Just incredible. Yeah, yeah. and it, it matched that with what Nancy Pelosi says, which is, and, and, and the House Democratic leadership writ large, that they are going to keep the House majority. Um, and you'll just, you'll see a, a real big disconnect between the rank and file in the House of Representatives and uh, the leadership. Let's talk about the Senate. What do we find there? The Senate was a little bit more of a toss up. Uh, 54% of respondents said that Republicans would be in control of the Senate. 26% of Democrats that we spoke to said they believe that Republicans would be in control. And 82% of GOP staffers said that they believe Republicans would be in control. Yeah, that, I think that reflects kind of this, just the general, um, let's call it uh, uh, the general confusion about the Senate. I mean, the Senate really is a toss up while the House is much more of a um, of a foregone conclusion in the minds of many. Um, but, you know, it's a the Senate seems to be a 50 50 proposition at this point, if not a little bit, maybe a little bit off, but 54 percent probably tracks with the general consensus among the public on on um, uh, where the Senate's going to land. Absolutely. All right, Christian, I think that's that's we've covered a lot of ground here. Let's just give pe people a sneak peek. I mean, please subscribe to uh, punchbowl.news if you don't already. Um, we roll out the canvas in over a week. We have usually what we do is Monday morning, we give uh, the entire audience, the AM audience, which is um, most everybody who subscribes, everybody who subscribes the some of the some interesting numbers. And then we really dig deeper throughout the week, Tuesday through Friday on um, a whole host of other issues. If you want to be Christian, tell if they, if people want to be involved in the canvas, tell them, tell us how we do that. Absolutely. So in our newsletters, we have a link 
for staffers, if you are a press secretary, comms director, or you think that you're qualified enough to participate in the service, we'll definitely verify. But we have a link that's in our newsletter for you to just click on and join and sign up. And uh, you can email Christian or me or anybody at Punchbowl News. Our emails are on the website. Uh, if you want to uh, get in touch with one of us about the canvas or talk about the canvas or have any thoughts about it, suggestions, ideas. And when Christian says they're going to verify, it's all up to Christian. So Christian is Christian <laughs> is <up> the, <laughs> Christian is the key. No, I'm kidding. But he is the keeper of the canvas. Christian, this was fun. We will talk again to you next month, if not sooner. Thanks, Jake. All right, a big thank you to Christian Hall for joining us this morning to talk about the canvas. Uh, really appreciate it. And with that, thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. It's the best way for folks to find out about The Daily Punch and Punchbowl News. You can also subscribe to all things Punchbowl News at punchbowl.news. Have a great day and stay safe.